pray pray all night um and then sister doing will invite us for prayer meeting at eight o'clock and then at 12 o'clock she'll say now we're about to start this meeting we will not begin this prayer meeting and i'm thinking what were we doing from eight to twelve you know so doing if if this is you this is my turn to deal with you <laughs> all right guys um so let us get into the day <laughs> we uh we we started this morning by teaching. If you missed this morning's session, I would like you to please go back to it. Please um read the um read the material on doors. I hope you've done that. It's pretty much foundational and it helps us to have just a clear understanding of what doors in the spirit realm is like. If you don't already have the ebook, I need you to just um say so and let the administrators or anyone from prayer rain put up the ebook here um on the screen. Um, so you can just click the link or click the downloadable PDF document. It is free. People tend to not um, appreciate free things. So by the time we write the book on access, you buy that one. So you better take this one now for free, you know, and read it. Um, so this morning we started by laying foundation. I was speaking with Pastor Stephanie earlier and I said to her, I said, um, we actually would have should have started with an evening teaching and then go to a morning prayer. So this morning I had to spend a lot of time laying foundation because I felt like I couldn't um, just jump right in to prayer on access. But what are we praying about? What is the prayer about? What doors are we opening? What is the door about? You know, so I felt the need to lay foundation during the morning session. So by the time we're praying tomorrow morning, you know, it is going to be stronger. You know, it is going to be um, clearer in terms of what we're praying about, why we're praying about it. So I urge you to go back, watch the session from this morning if you missed it. And even if you did, you can just go, uh, even if you were there, you can just go back and just watch it again and again, just to help you build up your spirit, man. So we're going to be here till 8.30 um, p.m., latest nine o'clock. So two hour teaching was what I told you. Uh, so please make sure you get ready for all that we're going to do today. So this morning, I took the time to lay um, the foundation about the, I spoke about the different gates that we're going to cover mm -hmm. in this session. And I spoke about, you know, the spirit realm, because I thought, why talk about gates, you know, and doors in the spirit if people do not understand how the spirit realm functions and so to many people the spirit realm is just this you know spooky place that you know you don't touch but let's just pray to god and hope we don't die but the truth is i said this morning that the most powerful men are the men that have learned to maximize the strength of the spirit realm um and it doesn't even matter if they are believers or unbelievers you know sorry one second So the people that have learned to maximize the spirit realm are the people that have the greatest power here on earth. So for you to be a man and a woman of power, you must understand how the unseen realm works. And so this morning, I began to teach about the unseen realm. And I thought, thought about um, realms that exist, the physical realm and the spiritual realm. And the physical realm, we began to talk about from multi-universes to universe and galaxies and solar system and the earth in itself and the different layers of the earth in itself. And 
then we talked about the heavens. I spoke about the first heavens, the second heaven, the third heavens, the different things that dwell within all these heavenly spaces. And then we entered into um, the different um, operating systems in the realm of the spirit. And I began to teach about 16 things you should um, you should expect to engage with or interact with when you are dealing with the spirit realm. And I shared about kingdoms and how the spirit of um, spirit realm operates in terms of kingdoms. That is how authority works in the realm of the spirit. In the physical realm, we have nations, you know, and we have democratic leaders elected, but the spirit realm doesn't work like that. It works on the basis of kingship and domains. So I said we have kingdoms, rulers, thrones, you know, legal systems, administration, citizenship, armies, families, culture, plans and blueprints for the future of that kingdom, domains, wars, value systems, economies, government, and um, we have um, communication systems, worship culture. And so I, will share, I share these 16 things. You can find them um, when you play the recap or I don't know if prayer rain would be gracious enough to share notes or maybe when we're done, I know they are definitely taking notes. Maybe we were going to put it together as the book, but all of these things exist in the realm of the spirit. Now, why does it concern you? It concerns you because it helps you to understand, number one, how to enter into what is available and how to maximize what is available. And so um, about two weeks ago, I, was, I and some ladies, we were working on um, helping some girls who were stuck in Burkina Faso who had been taken by a sex trafficking ring get back home. And at some point we're like, who do we know? Who do we know? We didn't, we couldn't find anybody. We're like, oh gosh, you know, what do we do? Who do we know? And at that point, I just felt that that feeling of limit li being limited, it was such an ungodly feeling in my heart. And I was like, this is not godly. This is not how God works. This is not how the spirit of God operates. And so I said, guys, let's pause. You know, we are, we're checking our phones for contacts, but we have the greater contact. And I and we began to pray. And I remember a statement that the spirit of God made through me. And I said, we may not know men, but we know angels. We may not know men, but we know angels. And as soon as I said it, I can I could feel the entire nation of Zion open up to me. And I felt like it pleased the Lord that I remembered what we what I have in Zion. And so, as I said, I, I, we may not know men, but we know angels. And I began to say, so let the angels that stand to work with us, that stand to work with me, let there be a communication in the realm of the spirit, even to the angels in Burkina Faso, that the sons of Elohim seek to do the goodwill of our God. Therefore, let there be people that will rise up to answer us. Let Therefore, let there be people that will get up even in that land to favor this good cause in the name of Jesus. And as soon as we finished praying that prayer, in less than an hour after that, we had all kinds of people, you know, we, we had from ambassador to this, to that, the Holy Spirit minister to us, speak to this person, speak to this person. And before you knew what was happening, we had contacts and, you know, this, this, this these girls were released and they were able to get back home. But my point is, the reason why I am sharing these things with you and I am talking to you about the different operational systems that exist in the realm of the spirit is that it empowers you while you're here on earth.
It empowers you while you're here on earth. When you get to heaven, there's so many things that will be known to you. When you get to heaven, there's so much that you would have. But you see, your ranking and, and position when you get to heaven is determined by the labor you put in here on earth. But your labor becomes powerful and leaves an indelible mark in the history of creation based on how much resources you were able to maximize while you were here on earth. But you don't know, you don't maximize because you don't know what you have. And even when you know what you have, many times we know it in theory and it is not a practical revelation in our spirit. So it has to get into a place of practicality. That's why when I work with people, I don't work with people that don't have faith. And you need to understand what I'm talking about. When you gather a bunch of men and women around you in your inner circle that are not people of faith, they want to reduce the mighty works of God to statistics and, logist and, and, and logistics. But you see, the work of God does not run that way. Gideon had an army of 20,000 men, and the Lord reduced his army by 19,700 until Gideon was left with 300. Statistically, it makes no sense. The army that Gideon was coming after was an army who was described to be like locusts. There were so many that you could not count them. How do you take the amount of people that a person has and you reduce it by 97% and you expect the person to go forward. I'm telling you, this is how God works. Because according to the culture of heaven, the hand of God is not made powerful when the hand of man is highly exalted. So sometimes for the hand of God to show itself strong in your life, the hand of man's support will be broken. Now, when you get into a season of the breaking of the strength of the hand of man, what you need to have more than anything else is faith. Faith in the unseen realm, faith in the unseen resources, faith in the unseen structures, faith in the unseen processes. When you go to Hebrews 11, you begin to see what these men did by faith. And then you understand that there is nothing you are doing today that is greater than your kingdom that you have come from. So it is important to know that there's an economical system in heaven and there's a, there's a way that wealth comes to people in heaven. When you are talking about um, operating in the kingdom, uh, in the sphere of wealth or in the economy of resources, you begin to realize like people like Jesus, how did they make money? How did Jesus run his ministry? At his time, Jesus was running one of the biggest ministries ever. And Jesus did not go and find the biggest kingdom partners. Take notes. Jesus did not have all the richest men in his church. Jesus actually went to take teenagers and teenagers were his disciples. The only person that was not a teenager was Peter and he was a fisherman. So Jesus took a bunch of, I think Peter and um, Matthew, Jesus took a bunch of people that didn't really have that much. But because Jesus understood that the resource and the capacity to sponsor God's agenda on earth is not based on the hand of man. So here is Gideon with 300 men and the Lord sends him out to battle. What exactly happened in that battle? The Lord put terror in the hearts of the enemy 
And when Gideon and his men were coming, it wasn't just 300 that ended up chasing the enemy. Angels fought with them. Do you know that you have an army waiting at your disposal? When people rise up against you, are you certain? But the question is, how do you access all of these resources that are available to you? So this is where we continue today. So when we talk about unveiling the power of gates in the spirit realm, we are talking about an entire spiritual administration, an entire spiritual governing system, an entire economy and structure that is given to us by God. Therefore, all of these connect, they all connect, and the grounds upon which they connect is based on four scriptural, so there are four scriptural, um, should I say, data points that connect the superiority of the spirit realm to the earth realm and to the topic of access. So the first data point is the ancientness of the spirit realm. Why is this an important point? Because when you think about the ancientness of the spirit realm, you then know that there is nothing that is being revealed in our time that shocks the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit has gone through decades and eons of evolution. The spirit realm is an ancient realm. And this is why when people, men connect with the realm of the spirit, they connect with ancient demons, ancient principalities, ancient deities. I'm going to pause for one minute and take the time to, to speak about something that many people are ignorant of. And if you're here and you're African-American, I need you to hear me very clearly. There is something going on, and I've been speaking about it for months now, about how the enemy is seeking to unlock doors, unlock gates that uh, um, people from old and um, missionaries and evangelists had closed by the blood of Jesus, gates in Africa. And how all of a sudden a generation has risen, not just a generation on earth, but a generation in the heavens have arisen and they are seeking to wake up ancient altars, ancient principalities, ancient demonic hosts. They are seeking to wake them up that they may take Africa back to where it was because the place where it was was connected to its idolatry. So seeking to take us back to idolatry. But you see, the thing is, once you lock any kind of slavery in culture, it is hard for people to break out of it. So what you see, how is the door being opened? They are using things like entertainment. And so when we get to the door of entertainment, I will talk about it. There was something I heard my brother say yesterday. He said, entertainment, to entertain means to hold attention until you are able to deliver your intention. That's the meaning of entertainment. So every time entertainment is in play, just know that the attention of a people is being held until intention is communicated. Now, a lot of times, um, so what is happening now, the entertainment has become the door. Look at books, movies, songs. All of a sudden, it's like everyone just realized that they are from Africa. As opposed to honoring the present deliverance, they are going back to the previous captivity. 
So Beyonce spends so much money on an entire album singing about all the gods of Africa, reenacting them. I remember what I told you people this morning about image. So someone said to me, oh, it's an art. You know, it's just art. It's how art is. And I said to them, the creation of man was an art. God forming from clay, creating ear, nose, leg, hand. If you were a spirit being that had no revelation of how power is transferred, you would say, oh, God is, is just doing art, just beautiful artistry. But he breathed, in, he breathed the breath of his life into that art, art, and that art became a representation of him and his throne. Thrones need images to represent them. That's why kings are often said to be the image of the God of the land that they represent. So when you saw Pharaoh in those days, Pharaoh was an image of the God of Egypt. And so he had the backing of the entire gods of the land. So when somebody wakes up and begins to raise again the image of strange gods and the image of gods that had fallen at the feet of men of fire, fallen at the feet of revivalists and uses art to resurrect them, be careful, a door is being opened. And they are trying to open a door in our continents. And once that door is open, it becomes an access point for the deity and the demonic and their agenda to enter the earth. Remember, we have become so spooky spiritual that we have forgotten the 16 things that I said to you. Every kingdom has got an agenda and the agenda of every kingdom is to take over. It's that simple. So even when your marriage is being harassed, it is an agenda. It falls under an agenda of the kingdom of darkness. Now, you see um, that in the music world and everybody's singing it. You know, you're singing the song. Oh, my God. You know, B, Queen B. By the way, we can get there. Who, who, whose name is Deborah? Deborah, the judge and the prophetess, the beginning of Deborah actually means be. So, uh, and look at what she did. She galvanized a people to do the will of God and cause liberation. But another person is galvanizing for captivity. But story for another day. But moving on, you see even in books, all of a sudden people are writing books, books talking about the gods of this land. Movies now on Netflix, people are being sponsored. And once again, it comes back to it is art, the culture of Africa. There is a lot to the culture of Africa that is beyond the demonic entities that once ruled us. What about hardworking people? What about women that are relentless, that don't give up on their children? What about how dogged we are? How about the soundness of the mind of an Af average African? What about our ability to war, our family life, our community life? There is so much that can be propagated that is not just about demonic spiritual culture. Whenever you see an influx of such things, it is actually because a gate is being opened to take us back to ancient slavery. So I just wanted to digress and to speak on that a little bit so that you don't become part of a system that is trying to enslave a continent. And why is it happening now? Because Africa's time is now to take its prophetic position in the agenda of the heavens and the earth so that Africa doesn't come into that 
there is this whole program of hell to hold us bound. So going back to um, these data points that connect the spirit realm to the superiority, to, to that connect the, the, the superiority of the spirit realm to the earth realm and then to the topic of access. So I said, number one, the ancientness of the spirit realm. So the spirit realm is so old and because it is ancient, it bears history. It has the history of our great, 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 great grandfathers. So you may lie to men, but you cannot lie to spirits. You may lie to men, but you cannot lie to the heavens. This is why there is the need for purity and for truth. Because it is only men that cannot see your genuity. But the spirit realm watches you like a movie in 4D. And you are judged, attacked, and blessed on the basis of what is observed. So the ancientness of the spirit realm is one of the reasons why it is important for us to know about it. In Job 38, verse 4 to 7, he began, um, the Lord began to say, when he was addressing Job. So in this passage, God is speaking to Job, emphasizing his sovereignty and creative power in the formation of the earth. Now, God began to say in Job 38, verse 4 to 7, says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined the measurements? Surely, you know, he was being sarcastic. Oh, surely, you know, if you can judge me, then I'm sure you were there when I was measuring how long the ocean should be. He says, or oh, who stretched stretched line upon it? Or on what were the bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? So the reference to morning stars singing and the sons of God shouting for joy when the earth's foundations were laid can be interpreted to suggest the existence of spirit beings before the creation of the earth. So these beings, you can understand them to be part of the entire makeup of the spirit realm. It says the morning stars, they were singing and the sons of God were shouting for joy. So the sons of God are known to be the angels, Beniel, that's the sons of God. And we know how the sons of God, the Bible spoke about it in Genesis, I think chapter 10 or seven, when they came down and slept with the daughters of men and they began to give birth to a hybrid on the earth. So they broke open a gate and, the, and we see that the manifestation of it was a corruption of generations. I need you to stay with me tonight. So you, you, you have to understand that there are beings that predate us. And as we go further on, I will begin to speak to you about the different creatures you find at gates in the realm of the spirit. Now, so the ancientness of the spirit realm is one of the connecting factors. The next thing you must know why it is important for us to talk about the spirit realm and gates is the ad advanced economy of the realm of the spirit. There is an advanced economy. So when you look at scriptures, it begins to say things about gold and about silver and about having a multitude of people who sing in joyful assembly. It begins to speak about a people who worship the king and it speaks about rubies on their crowns. It speaks about the mansions and all of these things. But it never spoke about slavery. It never spoke about the kind of way we work. So the question is, what is the economy of heaven? And what is the economy of the kingdom of darkness? 
How does the kingdom of darkness enslave men and take their souls from them and use, uses them, you know, until they have nothing left in them? So you have to understand that there's an advanced economy in the realm of the spirit. It is fully functional. And so this is how people like Oyedepo can read a scripture and shout, I can never be poor. And the man has not been poor because he tapped into the understanding that there's another economy that has nothing to do with your educational background, that has nothing to do with how many people like your face. He understood that there are certain parameters that when you meet them, you will have wealth. No, and, and there's something Apostle um, said recently. He said, many of us keep talking about the billion harvest soul, the billion um, soul harvest and the billion soul revival. But nobody keeps talking about the billionaires that will sponsor the billion soul harvest. And so there is a, there is a time where the church stopped talking about money and stopped talking about how things work. And that's why one of the things I will teach you about is the gates of economy, possessing economic gates, because there are gates from where wealth comes from. So nobody's talking about it, but the, but, but the gospel is free. But the means to which the gospel is propagated is not free. You pay for microphones. You pay for stage. You pay for media coverage. It's not free. So let us not kid ourselves and act like children. Whenever you hear money, your whole body is scratching you. Why are they talking about money? The gospel is free, but the means to the spread of the gospel is not. It is what it is. So you have to understand that until the kingdom of God understands the place of certain things like wealth and the economy of wealth in the kingdom of heaven, we will never be able to do certain works. We will just sit in the comfort of what we can afford and never breaking forth into territorial advancement and dominion mandate. Now, the children of Israel um when they were going to leave Egypt and when God was about to cause them to become a nation, part of what he made them do was to go to um, the Egyptians and borrow. Do you know that funny enough, it was the women that he told to go and borrow. He said, let the women go and ask for gold and silver. I, I don't want to go into women today because that's not the topic. When we get to the, the gate of family, I will touch on the gate of woman. You will understand how many of us have played down on our ability. The same serpent that spoke to you and made you give up your authority. The women of Israel went and spoke to the Egyptians whose God is a serpent and told them, give us your wealth. And they took back inheritance that belonged to them. Moving forward. Now, you then realize that the children of Israel came into wealth directly from slavery. They did not need 50 years to now go and build this, to build that. Now, I am not saying there's no place for building. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that there is something like divine um, intervention. Today, I made a prayer unto God. There was something that was troubling me um, when I woke up this, this earlier today. And as I was about to pray to God, I, I remember the several times I had prayed about it. And I was like, ah, I just feel like I'm missing something here. I feel like I'm missing something here. So when I prayed, I said, Lord God Almighty, I thank you because there's a path by which things happen. There are processes and there are protocols that have been established on this earth 
by which people say um, certain things are born. I said, but you, you have superior knowledge, you have superior wisdom, superior revelation. I said, God, you are able to bypass the statistics, the logistics, and the intelligence of man. I said, Lord God, now I am calling for the superior intervention of your throne. And I am saying, God, come and bypass the normal route. I say, because I don't have the time to take the normal road. I say, if I want to use that normal way, God, I will die here. I say, so I need you to come with the superior system of heaven and to superimpose it upon this earthly system. And in mercy, grants me access to how heaven will handle it i know that earth is not yet ready for the for, for for heaven's kingdom to come down fully i know that it would take christ coming for that to happen i said but right now oh god i am calling for that of that concerns the power of the age to come let it manifest now in the name of jesus this is the kind of prayer that that woman that talked to jesus and said please help my daughter. He says, I cannot take the bread that is meant for the dogs and give it, uh, that is meant for the children and give it to the dogs. He says, I can't do that. And the woman said, even the dogs, they eat the crumbs that fall from the table of the children. So even crumbs I will take. So he used a physical illustration to tell Jesus that if it can happen in this, our lower physical realm, then it can happen even much more in your higher realm. And so she was able to pull into a time, a um, pull into her time, an agenda of God that was not supposed to manifest in that time. I need you to understand the power you have. So access by faith. So when you understand that there is a superior economy, there are times when you call for it. Joshua was fighting a war. I need you to hear me. Joshua was fighting a war. And he looked to his left and to his right. There is no way I can complete this battle on human time. If night should fall, this captivity will remain. And so he said, let the sun stand still. He didn't command the sun on the basis of his selfishness and self-righteousness. He didn't command the son because he was trying to make money so that his children's children to the ninth generation will never suffer. No. He was trying to establish the agenda of God on earth. And he said, if it means that the son that God said should never ever stop and the, 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 the rotation of the earth that should never stop so that the sun will keep shining. He said, even the laws of the skies, let them stand still because there is an agenda. Hear me. The spirit realm needs a man to propagate its agenda. They are powerful. They are ancient. They have superior economy and technology, but they cannot infiltrate the earth without the partnership of a man. So that when we talk about altars, you will understand what an altar system looks like. Now, the third um, thing that you need to know under this point of connecting the spirit realm <laughs> excuse me, connecting the spirit realm to the topic of access and man. The third thing is that the spirit realm is constantly seeking to partner with a man. 
constantly seeking. So as you are sitting where you are, I need you to know that there are spirits that are seeking for your partnership. Seeking for your partnership. So right now, there are spirits, please catch it, keep muting people's, uh, there are spirits that are seeking to destroy your children, for example, because they see the mark of God on your children. I need you to hear me. They see the mark of God. You know, I was praying once and I said for my child, please mute your mic if you are on, on or, or if you are, you know, on unmuted. And I was praying, I was praying, and I said, Lord, if you could mark Cain who killed Abel, so that everywhere he went, nobody would kill him. You marked him in your mercy. I say, let alone my children who are sons and of eternal life. I said, mark them so that everywhere they go, every spirit will know that this one belongs to Elohim. They cannot touch them. So why am I saying this to you? Sometimes they see your children and they see their future and they see that if we let these ones that carry the gift and the glory of God upon them to manifest, it will be, it will wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness 20 years from now. So what do they begin to do? They partner with you, a man who has the image, likeness, authority of God and capacity as a parent to speak a word over the child and it comes to pass. Pass. They partner with you, and then you hear parents say things like, "What is wrong with you?" You hear parents. Things like, "What is wrong with you?" You know, don't you think? Don't you use your brains? And all kinds of words spoken over the children. And so, what does Satan do? He's harvesting the words of the parents harvesting it oh you're so stupid oh you are, you are not a kind person you are a very selfish child all of those words are being harvested by hell and so the enemy is partnering with you as a parent for the destruction of your child so when you go to pray at night what the harvest of blessing that should have come upon that child is greatly reduced because of the harvest of demonic words that has spoken and so as a gatekeeper over your home satan needs you to open the door to access your children while we are on it i haven't gotten to the gate of family but i digress even for men you are gatekeepers over your homes the door you open can affect your wife. There are many women that are troubled today and it's not just adultery because I said part of the things I will teach about is adultery. And you hear people that commit adultery say, eh, but I've said, I'm sorry now. You know, why is she still? Why are you still? You don't get it. The Bible says when a person commits adultery, you commit adultery against your wife. You commit adultery against your husband. The Key person that adultery affects, it affects you first of all, but the main person legally is against. So you adulterate your spouse. That's what adultery is. You reduce the value and their content in the realm of the spirit. 
their grace, their voice, their anointing, their capacity, their sanity, their strength. You adulterate them. You commit adultery against them. Huh. Anyway, so we have to understand that the spirit realm is always looking for partnership. So sometimes you don't even know you are partnering. For example, let's use pastors. And the enemy is just using you to talk against a man of God or a woman of God. Everything they do, I don't know. Hmm, did you notice what he has done again? Did you notice what she has done again? I don't know. This church, this pastor, da, 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 da. do you know that ministers are some of the most broken people? Their hearts are in pieces because they are constantly trying and pouring and giving and you know pressing for your salvation, for your life. And they are met with condemnation. He no good, he no good. At least he has saved a thousand souls. She's no good, she's not good. At least some people will make heaven because of her. How about you consider the effort it takes to deliver people from darkness? To pull them out of the mouth of the lion. That in itself is worthy of honor. So what Satan does is that he will use the accumulation of the voices of condemnation to open a door in the life of that minister. And so you look at the person five years after and you say, mm, I, I told you now, I told you five years ago, I told you, she has changed now. He has changed now. This is what I was talking about. Of course, what you are, you are talking about will come to pass because you were part. Remember, you are the ecclesia. You have keys in your hands. As the church, you have the ability to open doors over people or to shut doors over people. And Satan needs your partnership to crucify your brother. It's that simple. So they are constantly looking to partner with men because the earth is a very special territory. So there are many things that have happened in the heavens, but you notice that the earth is always coming back to play. So Lucifer fell from heaven, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. He says, by the abundance of your trading, iniquity was found in you. So Lucifer was trading abundantly with the earth because as a cherub, he was a covering cherub and he had dominion over territories and the earth was part of his territory. And so that's where when he fell, he fell to the earth. Now, so who was each he trading with? What was the trade about? We know that there was a destruction that we met in Genesis 1. And then we see God speak and recreate the earth. We know that there was a flood and then God made sure the earth was restored. We know also that a time will come again where this whole heaven and earth will be destroyed. And then a new heaven and earth will be brought down. Why does the Lord keep rebuilding the earth what is it about this point of the earth in the grand creation of eternity do you know that scientists have proven that the earth stands in the middle right in the middle as, as as a point of balance for the entire galaxy if the earth were to be removed all the planetary systems will collapse into darkness and become a little black hole of non-existence there is something about the earth that makes it a point of passion in the heart of God. And I'm not just talking about man. I'm talking about the 
physical earth. And why is this important? So you understand the power of the custody that you have. So that the next time Lucifer is trying to entice you into small talk, you shift the conversation into big talk. Eternity gives you perspective that helps you maximize your resources. The reason why we have a lot of broken people that propagate brokenness and even Christians in the church is because we have believers that do not talk about eternal things anymore. So when people come together and they sit, kings anointed and, 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 and put in place by God come together to, to talk. Talking about the new album of, by, by Cardi B, talking about this person that, you know, all kinds of things, the new person that has done her body, like for crying out loud, Kelia so, Ivre Ikaparua Se Kalikro Untoske Ingrande Dedekele Bahar. Where the word of a king is, there is power. When kings come together to sit, in fact, what pulls kings together must be an agenda that affects all their territories. So when kings come together to sit, it should be territorial conversations. If you are listening to me and every time you hear, Pastor Isi has gone to this nation, Pastor Isi is doing this, and it rubs you off wrongly, you have to go and study the order of kingship again. If you are here and every time you hear me say, oh, give so that we can infiltrate this nation and bring the gospel and we can establish Deborah's impact project that we want to save the poor, we want to build housing in Kenya, we want to, and it rubs you off wrongly. There is something wrong with your kingship because we were configured by God to have dominion on our fingertips. We were configured by God to think of the whole earth Multiply, be fruitful, subdue, increase, have dominion, fill the earth. It is a natural configuration of a man that is called by God, naturally. So your responsibility is now how to build systems and structures around your eternal call. So some people will be confused when we get to heaven. When you see the vastness of the kingdom of Abba, your heart will need like two eons to recover. They'll be doing CPR for you when you get to heaven because your, your, your mind will be struggling. You never allowed the education of the spirit while you were here on earth because this is a school and the ecclesia is a school for kings. Please, I need you to stay with me. So they are constantly looking for partnership. Because even the earth is a special territory. The other reason why they are seeking for partnership is because humanity is the expressed image and power of the, and the might of God. Humanity is. So they need to partner with you for them to have an image, a power, and might on earth. So when we rebuke, principalities and powers. When we rebuke demons, when we stand and you pray, I come against the spirit of jealousy. When we say repent and you begin to say, I plead the blood over my heart. I plead the blood over my soul. You are not pleading it just because you are afraid to go to hell. There's a higher conversation. You are not praying repentance prayers just because you are afraid God will punish you if you don't repent. That is how babies think. 
When you have labored into yourself in the spirit realm, you repent because you know that every move you make builds a kingdom. So your repentance is expedient to align your resources with the kingdom of heaven. So David lying flat on the floor, crying for seven days, praying as soon as Nathan told him, David, you have sinned against God. This is what will happen because of what you have done. David began to cry, sackcloth and ashes, wailing before the Lord. Mercy, mercy, He knew he was loved by God because he who the Lord loves, he chastises. He knew he was loved by God because he knew God had invested in him. So your love and your passion is based on your investment. You are loved by God. So David was not repenting to be loved by God. David was not repenting to be anointed by God. David was not repenting to have might to God. David was repenting because he knew that all of heaven's resources were his. And his own repentance will shift his heart. And it then makes him a gate through which the agenda of hell cannot be manifested on earth. And all the resources he has then becomes resources he got from God and hands over to Satan. David understood it. So his repentance was for a big, greater cause. He looked at Israel, the love of God the bride of God. He looked at the prophecies concerning his life and the deep things that Elohim had showed to him that out of your loins, a king will come and his throne will be an eternal throne. David knew that if his loins were corrupted, that the seed that will come out of him would be the seed of corruption. He could not afford it. So his repentance falls for an eternal purpose. His repentance was for a higher cause. You need to step into the realm of eternity. Today, I pray. Every suffering and trauma you have experienced that has broken your mind and made it impossible for your mind to conceptualize the gates that you are to heaven. Today, I call for the healing balm of Gilead. I come for the restoration of Zion. I say in the name of the Lord Jesus, let that cloak of darkness be your eye in the name of Jesus. Is this not how God will speak to men? He will say, Gideon, be strong. You are a mighty man of valor. And at one word, a man that was terrified will become a mighty man that leads an army. Today, I call out the army general in you. Today, I call out the leader in you. Today, I call out the president in you. Today, I call out the territorial leader inside of you. Today, I call out the demon chaser. Today, I call out the one that breaks the shoulders of principalities. I call him out of you in the name of Jesus. Fire gives birth to fire. Lions give birth to lions and kings give birth to kings. You are nothing less than your heavenly father.
This is the school of royals. A save a A king that has a kingdom, but does not know where the gates of his kingdom lie. It's a king that will easily be invaded and taken by strangers at night. Today, you will see the gates. You will see the entry points. You will understand how it works. You will not be afraid to own what God has placed on the inside of you. I rebuke small talk in the name of Jesus because there is a spirit of mediocrity and mediocre behavior. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And wherever Satan laid a tent peg in your brain, in your soul, in your heart, that has been the controlling watchtower from where they have been releasing signals of mediocrity, today I uproot the tent peg by the blood of Jesus and I cast it away, and I declare that it is consumed by fire. This enemy that you saw yesterday, you will see no more in Jesus' name. May you not be the one to vomit the goodness of God out of your life. May you not be the one to reject the power of God from you. But I pray that your mind will be able to receive and conceptualize the hand of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going somewhere. God is building you up. I need you to stay with me for these seven days and stay with me after the seven days because God is building you up. He is establishing your territories. He is re re restoring you. And I heard the Lord say reimbursing you because I feel like some of you have spent yourself, but you spent it without revelation. And so it is almost as though it, it, it did not amount to anything, but there's a reimbursement that is going on in the spirit realm. Gifts and talents and grace and power is being restored to some people today in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you are with me, type that amen, 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 amen. We need to agree together. Amen in the name of Jesus. Yes. So another reason why they are constantly seeking to partner with mankind is because the demonic realm needs a human being to be able to explore and exploit the wealth of the earth. They need to explore and exploit the wealth of the earth, but they need a human being. So when the demonic kingdom takes over a government or a ruler, the resources of that land is exploited and used to fund satanic agenda. So if you are one of those people sitting down and say, oh, you know, let him just face the church. They had just faced Bible teaching. What is all this one that they are trying to do government? What is all this one? You need to learn to do one thing. Whilst you are there facing your singing and facing your music and bringing out your white handkerchief on Sunday, everybody sing that while you are dancing. Policies are being formulated that is crippling the hand of even the very church you are dancing in. So we must all understand that there is a place where the ecclesia is equipped, but there is a place where the ecclesia is displayed. The display of the ecclesia is not in our Sunday service. The display of the ecclesia is in the places of structure, governance, and systems. It is expedient. Now, the reason why they're always seeking to connect with man is because 
all of God's agenda is connected to humanity. I have not read anywhere in the Bible where the Bible speaks about God dying for angels, <laughs> dying for cherubs, dying for um for 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 remember the, the the throne of God that we see in Ezekiel and the creatures and and the ox and the man and the faith. I've never heard. The only set of people that God gave his life for was humanity. There is something about humanity that ties all of God's agenda together. God said, you are the apple of my eyes. Do you know what that means? The apple of a person's eyes, is this your black, is it iris or what do they call it? If they should puncture it, you cannot see. <laughs> so that's to tell you that there is a, future to come that God sees, perceives, and desires, and he sees it through the lens of humanity. You need to understand who you are so that when you are going through a season where somebody is trying to break you emotionally and you start to hear your spirit saying things like, I'm nothing. I don't think I'm anything. I just feel, I feel so useless. <laughs> You need to understand it is a corruption of identity and the impact of it is eternity. When your identity is corrupted, it is not about this earth alone because you are God's, it is like you are the prison through which the heart of God is distilled to the ends of eternity. You like this as you are. You are the apple of God's eyes. You are the apple of God's eyes. You are illumination even to the angelic host. This is who you are. And like I said this morning, it is not about democracy. You don't really like to have to like me. There was a time when I used to care so much, but I did not mean it like that. I don't care anymore because I have entered the point that I have come to understand that there is a book that is written concerning me. And that book, God did not go to any human being to ask them, what do you think I should write? He wrote it out of the abundance of his wisdom concerning what he knew would be possible to me. And so I am following a script and I am not obligated to explain the scripts to you. You need to get it. So when you fight for identity and you fight for understanding, you are fighting a good warfare because it affects the eternal agenda of God. I want to make a statement. When you have a clear path of connection or access with the spirit realm, it guarantees you superior or advantage over the times and seasons of the earth. Where you have a clear path and access to the spirit realm, it guarantees you superior advantage over the times and the seasons of the earth. Why is this statement important? We see men like Joseph who found himself in a season where an inevitable famine was going to come. But by reason of the fact that he had clear access to the wisdom of God, Joseph was able to stay ahead of a coming famine. And so in a time when there was a casting down for others, there was a lifting up for him. 
I want to say quickly that people talk about um we, we, we quote scriptures, but we do not understand that scriptures is an effort of the eternal realm. It's their best effort to squeeze all of God's intelligence into a book. That's the Bible. The best effort of God's eternity, his eternal nature, to squeeze all his wisdom into a book. And then you read that book and you just take the things it says for granted. Because of that, kings will walk on foot. Kings will die like meme. Because they misunderstand and misevaluate the weight of their mandate. Many of us know how to engage God's spirit, but we don't know how to engage God's mind. Why is this important? Before I go into teaching about altars or anything like that, somebody asked me a very critical question some days ago. And he said, Pastor, you see, I have so many prophecies, so many prophecies. And every time I have had many prophecies about how great I will be. But every time I hear pastors say, raise an altar, raise an altar. When you get a word, raise an altar. You've heard so many things. Where are the altars you've raised based on that word? And he said, so what does the altar look like? What does it mean to raise an altar? And I said, this question you have asked is of the Lord. Because I will teach you about altars, but let me explain altar structure to you. And I said, this question you have asked is of the Lord. I said, because when people hear altar, all they are thinking of is fire. Fire. You understand what I'm talking about? Fire. And then when they hear altar, once you put it in a song, ah, that song we sell. Altar is like, hey, that sacred holy word that once you mention it, it's like holiness has come down. What does it mean? The altars that were raised were raised as a point of agreement between a man and a God. It was a point of agreement. So an altar is a physical representation and a contact point from which divinity invades humanity. That's the foundational thought around an altar. Now, at the altars, there were several things. There had to be a priest that manned an altar. There had to be protocols of his priesthood from things like how he should dress, how he should smell, how he should sound, how he should walk. There are protocols around the priesthood. When you even talk about the altars, there must be a sacrifice. A sacrificing people cannot be an altar people. Sacrifice is taking what you have, letting go of it to be consumed to, for a cause and for a purpose that you may never be able to defend to a man that does not understand the culture of sacrifice. So people who man altars, are people who have learned to shut their ears 
to the judgment of human standards and open their eyes to what the deity in the heavens require. So it is not only Christians that have altars. As a matter of fact, the people that deal with the dark occultic realm understand the power of altars more than many believers. Altars usually have established um, consecrations. So when an altar is raised, usually there's a thing of here is what you can do, here is what you cannot do. Altars are usually backed by covenants. Covenants are made at altar places. And I'm going somewhere. Covenants are made at altar places. There is always a voice of speaking and a release of a blessing at an altar. Another thing about the altar system is that there is specification about the materials. So you don't build an altar with just anything you have. You can't wake up now and say, oh, or in those days, you, they couldn't wake up and just say, bring grass, bring a, hey, bring this and mix it, altar. No, 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 no. They had to use the stone, the wood, the this. Lord, the Lord usually will say, use this kind of wood, use that kind of wood. At the altar, there is usually sometimes the manifestation of the supernatural manifestation. So there are times when the angel of God will go up in the flame or the fire of the altar. There were times when fire came down from heaven to consume the altar. So there are different things that happen, but there's manifestation of the supernatural. So an altar is an open portal between two realms. An altar is an open gate between two realms. An altar is an open door. So there are some houses you will take. And in that house, you and your spouse will be fighting every day. Because maybe the people that lived there had raised an altar. And the manifestation of the deity that mans that altar is disagreement and strife. There are some houses you would live in and your prayer life, prayer will be so sweet. When you enter the Zoom Redegelemoshamai, Holy Spirit, somebody has opened a door in that house and it becomes easy for there to be free movement in the spirit realm. And I, when I mean spirit realm, I mean heaven and earth. That said, so you are giving a prophetic word and it's a case of race and altar based on the word that you have received. What does that look like? Some people think it's only sowing a seed. No, you have to build a structure that is a proof of conviction concerning the prophetic word. A structure that is a living proof of your conviction concerning the prophetic word. So Abraham, I will give you this land and Unto your seed forevermore. And in the midst of the release of that prophetic word, Abraham builds an altar unto God who met with him. There, it is a proof that you have received a word from God. So the altar must look like the promise that God gave. So God gives you a word concerning your business. And he says to you, you are going to own 500 and something conglomerates. You're going to be the next president of Nigeria. You're going to be this. The proof that you receive that word is that you begin to restructure what you have to meet 
with the nature of the word that you received. If it is a company that you don't already have, you begin to say to the Lord, how shall I build this structure that will become a point of entry? Because every time God releases a word, manifestation is in his heart concerning that word. He wants to manifest what he's saying because his words are life. So it is frustrating even to the heavenly realms when God speaks and he does not manifest. So it is natural for God's word to come to pass. But for it to enter into this earth realm, somebody needs to express it. So that expression becomes that point through which the fullness of that word can continue to manifest on the earth. So true men that understand how altars work are men of faith. The moment God says to you, this is, you go ahead and you build a structure. You set up that beauty business. You set up that fashion business. And that business becomes an altar through which that entire world about fashion begins to enter the earth. I don't know if there's somebody with me. I just feel like, are you guys here? Can you hear me? You must build a physical structure that can bear the weight of the prophecy that has been given to you. Fantastic. There are some people here. Now, that physical structure, which is a proof of your faith, then has to follow the protocols of the altar life. And so, um, what are the clear court instructions concerning the materials through which that altar is built. So there must be a place. Every altar has a place. So you go back to the Lord and say, this prophecy you've given to me, where, Lord? Sometimes it is clear from even the word where you received it, it is clear that this is where you raised that business. This is where you registered that non-profit quickly. And it becomes a speaking point through which God's mind can enter the earth. So there's a place, there is material by which you should build. So you begin to ask the Lord, what do you want it to look like? How do you want it to sound? Down to the branding and the communication of that business or that thing you set up, it must come from the Lord. Because how should the altar speak? God is into the brand. God is into the brand. Very specific about it. Remember, there must be sacrifice on the altar. And so you must be willing to give of what you have to build that which you believe the Lord has spoken about. Sometimes altars were raised as a testimonial of a deliverance. But sometimes they were raised as a sign of faith concerning a promise, a testimonial of a deliverance or a sign of faith concerning a promise. So either way, it is raised because the Lord has spoken. So there are many of you that should have sealed a dream or sealed a prophecy by an altar. But you are still calculating what will people say? How would it look? Will it work? It is not your responsibility. Build the altar. The reason why the agents of Baal are still roaming wide out across the earth 
is because there are no Elijahs that have the showdown spirit. While Baal is raising altars today, and I thought about Baal. So if you missed my teaching on defeating the spirit of Baal, go back and watch it. Please make sure you watch it. Mantle of Deborah, I urge you to put it up on YouTube, overcoming the altars of Baal. Every single one of it, put it up. Now, the reason why the altars of Baal are still running wild and their own altars don't look anything like what we, in the church, we shout altars, altar. We raise altar of worship, altar of prayer, altar of fasting, altar of, we are raising those altars. Now, don't get me wrong, they exist. But while we are raising those ones, they are raising altars of businesses, altars of movies, altars of albums, new albums, altars of new governmental systems, altars of schools that we teach satanic sorceries. The apostle said, you are telling me about faith? He says, yes, you speak of your faith, but I show you my faith by my works. The dark realm understands this better than the church. So what they do is that they raise altars by the institutions they, 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 they build. Altars of technological firms. And in those firms and in those organizations, all of Satan's heart's intention and agenda is being distilled. They raise precedents that are altars and put them in seats of precedency. And the entire nation begins to serve the agenda of hell for the eight years of the person's tenure. You need to get what I'm saying. Altars. So the Bible says, do you not know that you have become a living sacrifice? Your body, your whole life has become God's altar. You are a living, breathing altar. Everything you build, everything you erect becomes a point of intersection between heaven and earth. Believe it. Believe it. Now, um, so I said to him, I said, this is how you build altars. This is how you raise altars. And I said, there must be a sacrifice. Do you know in the demonic realm to keep gates of wealth and influence open for them? People give their children they give their mothers, they give their sisters, they sell their friends just to be able to keep a door open. What are you sacrificing? All the Lord asks of you is the sacrifice of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. A broken and a contract heart that is of great price before the Lord. These are the things that the Lord requires of you the sacrifice of your flesh that you will lay it down that he may reign. The sacrifice of your flesh is not just that, oh, you don't sin, you don't commit adultery. No, there is the pride of the flesh. When God tells you, invest a million dollars in this business. Ah, hey, hey, ha, you want my generation to suffer? No, I cannot take that kind of risk. Hey, hey, hey. The God who gave you wealth is saying to you, it is time to invest for the transition of the heavens because through you, I want to build silosis. Through you, I want to raise food bands across the uh, bands across the earth. Through you, I want to be able to build storage so that the famine that is coming, the people might be fed. Invest a million dollars in agriculture. Go and make a connection. Uh, no, I, I can't. But you see, the sacrifice is always taken from the current resource 
The sacrifice is always taken from the current um, um, resources that you have. Every altar is as viable as the sacrifice of it. So what are you willing to sacrifice for that publishing house? You know God told you to raise as an altar unto him. What are you willing to sacrifice for the sake of that production company that you know God told you to raise until you can put the needed sacrifice on the altar? You cannot get the needed response from the God of the altar. The sacrifice calls the God. The specifications, your ability to keep to the specificity of the altar and to lay the right sacrifice on it is what pulls down the presence of God. Yes, God told you to start that company or to go and work in that place. But since you got there, have you joined the people in the organization that is just talking, talking? Hey, this is our CEO. Hmm. Do you know that he's on his second wife? Do you know that this one, the accountant, very selfish man, did he? Come on. Leave small talk, enter eternal conversations. God sent you there to raise an altar in that company and to convert the entire atmosphere there so that the resources that come out of that place and the influence of that place can be used to propagate God's value system. But you have gone and become like lots. You have joined the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. You have so blended that we cannot differentiate you anymore. You have now become a corporate chick. You have become what they call a boss bee. Your, your, your culture when it comes to work is the same as every other person. Dog eats dog. You know, this is how we talk when we're in the corporate world. This is how we do. Ali, they say, there's a culture of every altar. When the priests used to go and offer our sacrifices, there is a way they, they had to dress. Now, when you wear your dresses, from inside the cloth, we can see your kidney. We see your heart when it's pumping blood. That's how tight the dress is. You are constrained by the dress you are wearing. Why? Does the priesthood not have a garment? Does the altar not require a representation? He would tell them, this is the kind of linen to wear. Down to the jewelry of the priest, it was selected by the God of the altar. This thing I'm telling you is very important. I know it may sound like a joke, but it is very, very important. Because the reason why we have believers who are not able to pull down the power of the spirit realm that they belong to as per citizenship is because we have believers that are constantly violating the laws of their land. If you are an American, and you have an American passport, that passport should be able to get you into certain nations. But you take that passport, maybe you were in Trinidad and Tobago, and you managed to enter there, you have committed fraud in America. And even while you're in Trinidad and Tobago, you were part of people that bombed an embassy. And then you take that same American passport, you are trying to use it to enter Canada. Canada has the right to arrest you. Trinidad has the right to arrest you. Morocco has the right to arrest you because you are on the watch list of America. You, they have said that, yes, he's our citizen, but he's violating the laws of the land so you can take him captive. 
There are some people that God releases to a spirit. Like Saul in the Bible. A gate was opened over his life. But where did this start from? Pride. And the, as soon as he began to engage that pride, what the resultant effect was, was that Saul could no longer stick to the specifications. You know, the Bible said concerning Saul, that after Samuel anointed him before the people, that Samuel then taught the people the culture of royalty. You need to understand what I'm talking about. Samuel taught Israel the culture of royalty, how royals should behave. How is it a priest teaching the people what kings should look like? That is to tell you that your royalty and the specifications and the boundaries of your royalty should be determined from your priesthood. But I noticed that consistently from when Samuel, Abishol met with Samuel, constantly the Bible will speak about and God changed the heart of Saul and God changed it. I said, what is inside this heart that God has been changing? Even from when he was looking for his father's donkey, God had to change his heart. That is to tell you that Saul already had a heart problem. He already had a, a, an issue. So for the oil to rest on his head, God had to first do a heart surgery for him. And then as he became king, he had to have points of encounters. But at the point, you see that Saul rejected God. And he was no longer servicing the altar of his kingship the way he should. He began to violate it. Therefore, a spirit was released from hell to torment him. There are some torments that some people are going through today. And you're like, oh God, what is this? It is a door that is open. A door that is open. So it now has legal right to take you captive, even though you are holding a passport that belongs to Zion. Are you with me? So like I said, we are going to break all of that. Because today and through these seven days, we are entering into repentance. We are entering into realignment. We are entering into correction. Because we are God's kings. And we are building effective altar structures. Effective. Before I go on, Father, make us safe and hid about. Shimbron de Bele Ketelima Koseke Parianana Sunday. Ikambaro ze deve keleba. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Asambra de Kalenemo Shandabra Kedebronomo Sengre Higadai. Sumbranda da 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 bo se krende suvre hidagai. Oh Lord, fill my life. Lord, fill my life. E Shambra Dombor. Lord Jesus, permeate, penetrate, oh God. Asumbre ike supalati. Every part of my life, every part of my being. Ashambre gedele tila kozatai. Let there be a rain. Mazo ve 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 ve. In my family, in my business, in my work life, in my ministry. Ah, eh, ah, ah, bikaruz geribaha. Lord, fill every part of my being in the name of Jesus. Ah, I open the gates of my life to you, oh God. I open the gates of my soul to you, O God. I open the gates of my mind to you, O God. I open the gates of my spirit to you, O God, that you will come and infiltrate my being, ha, and you will deal with every foundational pride on the inside of me so that I can see you and I can hear these words and I can receive them in humility, O God. 
God. Father, that my life alignment, realignment will begin to happen. That my entire soul will be consecrated to you. Father, anywhere where I have serviced a wrong altar, anywhere where I have serviced a demonic system and I have built structures out of carnality, not out of specification. Ah, Father, have mercy on me. Father, fuel us with dreams. Father, fuel us with visions. Let us be able to see where we missed it. Let us be able to know how we should go in the name of Jesus. My God, my altar, my God is crying out to you. My soul is crying out to you. My spirit is crying out out to you, my God. Let everything in my life that has been a point of frustration, that has been a point of fear, that has been a point of exhaustion, my God, let it end by revelation in the name of Jesus. Jesus, lay hold of my priesthood. Holy Spirit, lay hold of my priesthood. Oh, renew me from within. Renew me from within. Restore me from within. Take me back to the sacred things. Take me back to the holy things. Take me back to the pure things. Take me back to the things that are precious before you. Hi. Any other kind of legal system that I have raised in my being that wars against the purity of my commission. Baba, take it away from me in the name of Jesus. I am yours, oh God. I am yours, oh God. I am yours, oh God. Erebo kojole miyarai. In koriba sombre itele kivai. Sambro dobo shinde krahade soveletai. Kandombre ike zombre dikala pashandai. In koriba shande brehidos koveletai. Kandumbre de 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 kuria satele kerebahai. And I want you to make this prayer. Any partnership that I have knowingly or unknowingly had with the demonic realm, today I renounce it in the name of Jesus. Today I renounce it by the blood of Jesus. I decree that I walk away like a captive that has been set free. I walk away from the enslavement to that demonic territory in the name of Jesus. I walk away and I run into the arms of Jesus. I shut the door to that captivity in the name of Jesus. David laid flat on his face seven days crying out, Lord, have mercy. We don't know the other things that David said. What could he pray about for so long? But he prayed. But he prayed. But he prayed. He entered into the future and went into the past. Dug out of himself the thing that made him see Bathsheba and say, I will take another man's wife and nothing will happen. Ah, that was not the David of before. The David of before did not have the audacity to break the laws of God right in the face of God. Ah, begin to pray. My God, anywhere where that seed was sown inside me, anywhere where I have housed a rebellious position, 
a rebellious heart, a rebellious attitude against your word, where I can look the scripture in the face and say, it does not matter. Hey, God, have mercy on me. Begin to uproot, begin to uproot, remove it, remove it. Father, go into the past, go into my yesterday and contend, oh God, with every word that was spoken, whether it be the seed of a wrong doctrine or it be the seed of a wrong friendship or it be the seed of a wrong mentor. Father, go into the depths of my being huh, and uproot, oh God, huh, every kind of rebellious seed that was planted on the inside of me. Let it be uprooted in the name of Jesus. For I am consecrated to God and I am separated unto the Lord to raise worship that is spiritual. I am a burning incense before my king. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And so I decree over you that the doors that we shut today, they stay shut forevermore. I decree over you that this prayers we penetrate not just your life but your children and your children's children i decree that we are raising holy structures in this place and these holy structures they become accommodation for the destiny of generations in the name of jesus we decree that today we are learning the culture of royalty say to yourself today my spirit receives the culture of royalty Every other culture that was put inside me because of the poverty I suffered, because of the lack I suffered, because of the shame I suffered, I decree that today I am learning the culture of royalty in the name of Jesus. And so decree it again over yourself that from today, I become a point of access for the kingdom of God. Every other altar raised in my life that does not carry the life and the nature of God can be consumed by fire. Any other altar raised in my home that does not carry the life and the nature of God be consumed by fire. Today, I open up myself. I hope you are making these declarations. Today, I open up myself to the wisdom and the intelligence of heaven. I decree that I have the ability to stay connected to the superior wisdom of heaven. I decree that in the name of Jesus, my spirit is open to the tutelage of God's word. I decree that I am being converted into the image of the one that I behold in scriptures. I decree that my voice is changing in the realm of the spirit. I decree that authority is laid upon me by reason of my consecrations and by reason of my diligence in prayer. I declare that I am rising in new levels of authority in the name of Jesus. I declare that my spirit does not reject the goodness of God. My head 
does not reject the kindness of God. My soul does not reject the purity of God. Everything that is within me is configured to receive God in the name of Jesus. I hope you are making these confessions. I decree that my children are gateways to heaven. I decree that my seed are keys that open doors in the spirit realm. I decree that my children are not food for Satan to eat, but I declare that my children possess the gates of the enemies of God. I decree that I am raising gatekeepers. I decree that I am raising gatekeepers. I decree that I am raising gatekeepers. I decree that the spirit of revelation dwells mightily in my home. The spirit of revelation fuels the atmosphere of my family. In the name of Jesus, come on, make the declarations. Don't stop speaking because as a God and as a gate, your power is in your word. So be speaking. I decree and I declare that in my house, the authority system of heaven is established. I declare that my husband is the head of our home. I declare that my husband upholds his priesthood. I declare that my husband stands as a gatekeeper over my family. He will not sell us out to the enemy. He will not fling the doors open for us to be attacked. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I raise a prayer for my husband, that he is sensitive. He is able to sense when the enemy is attacking. I declare that my husband is not like Adam who stands and watches his wife fall into temptation. But I declare that my husband is empowered to deliver me in the day of trouble. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And because Christ loved the church, he was able to break the satanic gates of hell and to take the keys from Satan and to open the gates of the heavens unto his bride. I declare that my husband has the capacity to love me as Jesus loved the church. I declare that he receives divine wisdom. The way Jesus wrestled in Gethsemane and he counted dying for his bride more worthy than him having peace in this world. I declare that my husband has the ability to make eternal sacrifices that pertain to my eternal security in the name of Jesus. I am not of day whose spouses out as to Satan. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare, if you are a husband as we've been praying this prayer, be declaring them over yourself. I decree and I declare as a man that I bring glory to my home and my bride is a showcase of the grace and glory of God that I open up to her in the name of Jesus. As a woman, I declare that I am the Ezra that is made by God. Therefore, I am a spiritual strategist. I am a warfare general. 
And so I declare that as a woman, I take my office in the realm of the spirit. I am called to be a helper. Therefore, the gates of help I open to my husband in the name of Jesus. He will not be frustrated. He will not be in lack. He will not be disgraced as long as he is married to me. I decree and I declare that I carry the anointing of a groundbreaker. And this anointing that I carry, it flows into the life of the man that has married me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that my head can hold submission. I declare that to submit is not hard for me. I close the gate of rebellion that my inability to submit opens in my home. Today, I decree by the power of the Holy Spirit that my head can bear submission. I am a partner with God. Therefore, I partner in raising the true image of Jesus and the church. Even as I am called to submit and to love, I decree and I declare that I have the ability to submit and to love my husband in the name of Jesus. I am a virtuous woman. I am a giver of life and resources. Everyone around me is made rich because of my presence in the name of Jesus. The Bible says a wise woman is a crown upon the head of her husband. But a foolish woman, a dishonorable woman, is like sickness in his bones. I decree that I am a wise woman. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I put a crown on the head of my husband. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I bring glory to him. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I shut the, the doors to disgrace and disdain. And I decree that they have no place in my home. In the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so we declare that we carry our priesthood with dignity and honor. Declare it over yourself. I carry my priesthood with dignity and with honor. I do not bring disgrace to the kingdom of God. My head shall never lack oil. My voice will always be strong. My heart will consistently be the heart of a lover and a warrior. I do not shy from battles that pertain to my priesthood. Neither do I withhold my hand from good that pertain to his people. But I declare that I am an exact image of the beauty of the priesthood and the kingship of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Amen.
is that we are reversing curses. We are reversing spells. We are reversing hexes and incantations that were raised that you were tied to. We are removing ourselves from satanic altars that some of them that we were tied to by even the locations that we found ourselves in. We are reconnecting to the superior kingdom and we are taking back everything that is ours. Remember what I told you God said to me that this month of September is a month of restoration that he is reimbursing, he is restoring. So I am praying for you. That to that person that says, P.I., I don't know what happened. It is like the gates of hell opened over my life. It is like the gates of hell opened over my home. Now I say to you, by the spirit of the living God, that the gates of heaven are opened over your house. If there be any kingdom on earth that can fight against the warfare, the, the army structure of heaven, then let that kingdom be the one that rules in your home. But if there is no kingdom that is greater than the kingdom of our God, then this month of September, let it be the month of reversal for your home in the name of Jesus. These seven days, we are not here to Amen. We are not here to entertain hell's opinion. We are here to stand on the word of the Lord. And we are here to open to our lives and our children and our families and our being the gate and the resources of heaven. Because Jesus declared that I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. It is the word of the Lord unto us. Therefore, we have the ability to resist hell's gate because we ourselves are the gate of heaven. So we stand in partnership with the full resources of Zion and the full artillery of Zion. And we stand in partnership and we declare that Satan, where is your dread? Hell, where is your torment? You no longer have a part to play in my life or my destiny. I speak back to you the way David spoke to Goliath. I torment you with my words today. Let the one that was the tormentor become the tormented. Let the one that was that chased after me like a prey. I begin to chase after you. Satan, you become my prey. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the spirit of discouragement, I discourage you. The spirit of fear, I become a dread to you. The spirit of poverty, ah, I become the thing that makes you poor. As the Lord pours riches into my hand, I take over every territory, every man and woman that you have rendered to penury. I declare that in my lifetime, poverty will be poor. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we decree and we declare that we are rising up as data points across the earth. We are setting a new analysis concerning the kingdom of God. As each one of us rise up in the spirit of access, the doors shall not be shut to us because Jehovah says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. No! and the door shall be opened unto you. We knock at the door of our God. We knock at the gate of heaven, Baba, for that child that has been sick. We knock, we knock, we knock. Help in the name of Jesus. Come on, let sickness leave their bodies. Come on, let depression 
we shall fall from their head in the name of Jesus. We walk, we walk, we walk. Because you said, Duck, and the door shall be opened. No door, no door of goodness, mercy, and favor shall be shut unto us again in the name of Jesus. We elevate our lives and our economies above the brokenness of our nations and territories. For I cannot be a rescuer if I am in the bondage of the territory. For me to arise in Isaiah 61, I must already have been delivered and then I carry deliverance and I become deliverance. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus, we evoke the power of Isaiah 61, that we are the ones that deliver our generation. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, hey, hey, we are rising up in the full power of God's word concerning us. Let every chain begin to fall. I see chains falling. I hear chains falling. I hear chains falling. Chains are falling from the minds of people. Chains are falling from the heart of people. The heartbreak of seven years ago has been a captivity still in your soul. Today, in the name of Jesus, that which began as a heartbreak and then became an altar through which a demon began to say to you that you can never have anyone good and loyal and faithful to you. Today, I harass the demon by the blood of Jesus and I command it to come out. Yes, lose your hold in Jesus' name because we have come into the day of enlightenment and the season of jubilee and Christ is our jubilee. Therefore, let the life of Jesus infiltrate your heart and let it begin to deal with, deal with, deal with every mentality that Satan has raised, every altar you are serving in your soul that does not carry the life of God. I command it to in the name of Jesus, Erebosanda, sicknesses in the body, sicknesses in the mind, leave in Jesus' name. Arthritis, leave in Jesus' name. Pneumonia, leave in Jesus' name. Cancer, leave in Jesus' name. Anxiety, leave in Jesus' name. Depression, leave in Jesus' name. Shame, leave in Jesus' name. Low self-esteem, break in Jesus' name. I decree and declare forgetfulness, leave in Jesus' name. Whatever it may be, begin to call it by its name and command it now to go. And as you see it going, begin to shut the door by the blood. Begin to shut the blood door by the blood. Addiction, leave. Prayerlessness, leave in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Canal thoughts out in the name of Jesus. Ekonia Mahasi, Ekonia Mahasi, Ekonia Hamasi, Korima Sandekeba. They say it is in your family line. And for 40 years you have suffered it. Today is your jubilee here. I declare to you in the name of Jesus, it comes to an end now in Jesus' name. Aregan devrenumo sobikai. Shamba baleku sembreyanda kapai. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We declare, make a decree. We herald amongst the nations, words of heaven, and kingdoms of this world have become 
the kingdom of our God. We declare this words of heaven that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God. This is our decree. Our lives have become the kingdom of our God in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. In deliverance, you may be casting a demon out of a person and the person is calm. Live in the name of Jesus. But the person becomes most aggressive when that demon is at the point of speaking, of living. Demons hide. You need to understand. They hide in people. They hide inside people's spirits. So the, the, the natural way demons work, they don't show themselves. So when a demon begins to show itself, know that it is at the point of desperation. It starts to shout, ah, you cannot take her away from me. I am here. Just know that that demon is at the exit point. Why am I saying this to you? I told you this morning, noise is not power. The enemy that makes the loudest noise is not necessarily the, the one with the greatest power. So expect a lot of noise to be made. When the noise are being made in these next seven days, don't be afraid. It is a sign that they are living. Are you hearing me? It is a sign that they are living. So don't be moved by the noise. Keep your eye on what we are doing. Keep fasting. Keep praying. So part of what prayer reign is doing, Pastor Stephanie said to me, that they are setting up prayer watches. So 12.30 every day, 12.30 p.m. West African time, there will be prayer. So that is 1.30 p.m. South African time and 2.30 p.m. East African time. And I don't know what a.m. the other times, but 12.30 West African time, they will pray for 30 minutes every day. So wherever you are, if you're at work, you can just plug in your earpiece at 12.30 p.m. They will give you three prayer points to pray. Pray from 12.30 to 1. And then at 6.30, they will come and pray. So 6.30 to 7 will be prayers in the evening before we will have, um, before we will go. You're muted. Oh, sorry. So um, 6.30, we will come together till 7 to pray. And then at 7, we begin the teaching. So please make sure you keep that in mind. So before you go, where are your communion items? Do you have your communion items? Remember I told you in the morning we will break bread together? Does anybody have their communion items? I'm going to give you three minutes to get it if you don't have your items here. And so when you have it, just type in the chats, PI, I'm ready, PI, I am ready. Mm. 
Great, great. I see a couple of people are ready. I see a couple of people are ready. Okay, Emmy, Deborah. Uh, all right, praise God. So they have gone to bring my own communion, actually. So be merciful towards me. Yeah, please go ahead and take the communion. Or if you want to pray over it and keep it um, till you're breaking your fast, go ahead. But let us do it together. And we will say that you are good and all the miracles you've done have brought us joy. And we are changed and all the hopes we have we place in you right now. Father, we declare that we love you. We declare our everlasting love for you. Father, we declare that we love you. We declare everlasting love for you. Father, we declare that we love We declare our everlasting love for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we are here because of our love for you. Or mostly because of your love for us. We are here because you have chosen us. You have picked us. You have crowned us with grace and with favor. And we say thank you. Lord Jesus, we take our bread. And we take our wine. And we lift it up to you. I want you to take the bread and take the wine. And lift it up to the Lord. And I want you to begin to give thanks to God. The Bible says that when they, when he took the bread and took the cup and the cup, he lifted it up to God and he began to give thanks to the Lord. I want you to begin to give thanks to God and thank him because the bread is Jesus. The blood, the, the cup is his blood. Begin to thank him for giving us Jesus. Begin to thank him for the sacrifice that Jesus made. Begin to thank him that because of Jesus' sacrifice, you have been made whole. Begin to thank him for the confidence that you have in Christ. Begin to thank him for the open door that you have in Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, Jesus is the ultimate door. Jesus is the ultimate access point. Thank him as you raise the bread and the wine unto the Lord. Thank him for the access that you have in Christ. Thank him. 
Lord Jesus, you said in Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28, it says, and now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. So Father, we thank you because this body that we hold, this bread that we hold is a representation that your body was bruised and your body was broken so that we can have life. Therefore, we receive it in the name of Jesus. We decree and we declare that this body is a representation of eternal health and eternal wellness that we have in you. We declare that this body reminds us that our own bodies cannot be broken. And everything we build in this life that has a body, it has security because of your body. This body is the eternal altar upon which we worship and we give praise to God. As long as your body is eternal, then the things, oh God, that I receive in you are eternal. Father, we receive the body in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may take your bread and eat. Kiramandos kubalaha and the buliana makezo to libaha. Kezo blenemishka barios kurebedishka tabaha. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we take the cup in Jesus' name because you declare that this is your blood. The blood that is a new and is an eternal covenant. You said we should do this often, as often as we can. And when we do it, we should remember you. So, Father, we speak to our spirit and our souls. And we call the entire constituencies of our being into remembrance of what Jesus did. Oh, my mind, remember Jesus. Oh, my body, remember Jesus. Oh, my soul, remember Jesus. Oh, my spirit, remember Jesus. Remember his promises and his words. And as we drink of this cup, we declare that we are partakers of the covenant of the blood. No other blood spilled any other in any other place. No other blood that is used as an access point to get to our lives will be able to work because this blood is the only blood that speaks over us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may drink the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Healing in our bodies, healing in our beings. Praise Jesus. This is just day one, and we have six more days to go. Imagine what the Lord will do. It is good to see you, Mandisa. Mandisa, it's been a minute. It's good to see you. It's really good to see you. Think about um, 
all the things that God will do for six more days. By the time you finish, you'll be flying. You understand? You'll be slapping demonic, demonic entities like this. Whether it be in the dream or in the physical, you'll be dealing with them, using them like a ball. You understand? God bless you. Um, somebody asked a question about uh can believers be demon possessed? I've thought about this several times, but I'm just going to answer it as we go. I said that technically you should not be possessed because you have the Holy Spirit. But people are usually oppressed by demons because they allow them into their environment and they don't challenge. Because you see, Satan is always pushing boundaries. So if you don't challenge him back and have an attitude of constantly challenging the devil, he will enter. Now, remember, the Bible speaks about people whose houses are, when a demon leaves, it's like sweeping a house clean. When he comes back, he always comes back to check. If he sees that the house has not been occupied, he will come back. My question is, are you really occupied by the Holy Spirit? Because many people are born again, but they are not filled with the Holy Ghost. They are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people's born again is questionable. When you ask them, how did you give your life to Christ? What exactly did you say? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Have you received the baptism of fire? Have you been baptized by immersion? You will then realize that what many people have is salvation, but they have not received the infilling of the Spirit. Because the infilling of the Spirit should compel you to not do certain things. Now, when you have the Holy Ghost, and then you now subject the Holy Ghost in you to certain demonic conditions, he cannot stay. He cannot behold sin. And evil works. So the Holy Spirit redraws himself for many people. So heaven is with you, but the Spirit cannot be forced to live in your mess. And the mess is not just fornication and pornography. There are certain messes like gossip, idolatry, selfishness, slander, hatred. All of these things are inconducive atmospheres for the Holy Spirit. So he redraws himself. When that happens, the demons find room. And so a person who has been oppressed for a while and has sustained the oppression without dealing with it, it can then turn to possession. Possession then you is, is manifested in a way where the person that was oppressed by something then becomes the one propagating that thing. That's really, because possession is not just... Ah, ah. Yeah, just shouting up and down. No, there are many people possessed people that don't shout. Have you seen executive possession before? Executive. The demon speaks clean English. You know, even when you are come, come, come the demon, come out. The demon will tell you, you don't have to shout. You know, you don't have to shout. You know, I've heard you. I'm going to come out, you know. So that's called executive demon. So there, it's not everybody that shouts. So possession actually is when you, you become an engine room for that satanic behavior. You begin to propagate it. You begin to enable it. You begin to um, make it possible in the lives of people. I don't know if you can still hear me. My screen has frozen. 
So you want to make sure that you deal. Yes. I want you want yes. to make deal with every oppression in your life and every indication of the demonic, whether it's in your environment, deal with it. Because when you permit it for long, it can oppress you for long to the point where you then give up strength and start behaving in a way that pushes the Holy Spirit to a corner. And then the demon finds room. So this is why fasting is good. It reveals what is inside you. This is why fire is needed. It reveals the serpent that is lurking around. You know, so I hope I've been able to help the person that asked that question. I, I saw it while we're praying and I felt it's a very important question because many people feel, no, I'm a Christian. I can never be possessed. No, I have seen Christians singing in the choir, ushers, that demons had to be rebuked out of them because you still open the gate of your spirit to the demonic. You are still playing uh, Tupac that we don't know where he is till today. Some people say he's still roaming the street of West Side. Some people say they saw him in hell. That person, you are still playing his music inside your soul. You are still playing Cardi B, somebody that we wear half pants to sing. There are just some things that you don't even tell you, opens you up to the spirit that they carry. So there are certain access points. And if you read the book from last um, last year, you will see we wrote different items can also be doors. You know, there are some items. I put a, pa a painting in my house and one of my maintenance came one day and she said, Pia, have you noticed what is on this painting? I said, oh, what? She said, have you noticed that it is graves that are all over? You know, me, I just thought that maybe it was, um, you know, I don't even know what I thought. I looked at the painting very well. I see Miria Kabosha give her. I said, remove it the way I uprooted it from my wall. Uprooted it. I said, go and throw this painting away. What is uh, deadness doing speaking on my wall? Do you understand? There's one other painting that is, whether it's only God, no paint. They said painted it. Very, my husband, very expensive. This painting, big painting like this. But tomorrow, I don't know what is on it. It looked like fallen angel. It looked like man. It looks like this one. I said, see, anything that I cannot explain, don't tell me it's abstract art. If it is abstract, then it is abstract spirit to bring it to my home. I need clarity of thought. So I removed the painting from my wall, you know, because God used to tell them, hang the commandments, bind it to your hand, put it on your forehead, put, write it on your doorpost, hang it on your walls. Those were part of the commands of God because hanging the scriptures around was declaring whose home it is. So if you're a believer and you don't have the word of the Lord hang hung on your soul, you are saying to the enemy, I'm free and I'm open. So it is not just enough to be born again. You have to be immersed in the reality of what you are born into. It is one thing to see the kingdom. It's another thing to enter into the kingdom. You are born, um, um, you are able to see the kingdom, but you have to be born of the spirit and of the word to enter the kingdom. So those are two different things. So and I, I pray that this was helpful to the person who asked the question and anybody else, you know, so you want to check yourself. Yes, um, it was. Yes, demonic possessions are also transferable. There are people hmm. whose mothers maybe carry a strong spirit of anger and you see it in your spouse. Begin to pray for your children because demons are also passed down through culture because culture affects people's spiritual filter because culture is what we do every day. So it 
a demonic thing can become normal as long as it's cultural. So once culture is used by Satan to mask demonic agenda. And so in a culture, women may be naturally disrespectful to their husbands and they speak insultively to them. And it is normal. But what they are doing is that they are removing the roof from over their heads. And so a child is born two generations later. And what started as the bad behavior in her grandmother has become a cultural context within which she lives in her time so and as long as the culture is covering that demon the demon is transferred through generations so it is not necessarily transferred through blood it is transferred through culture you know so there are different things that you know we could talk about when we talk about the demonic so you have to shut that door and you have to renounce certain things and you have to purify your environment constantly go around your house, purify. You know, there are some nightwears your children should not wear. There are doorways. They draw skeleton, draw antelope, draw woman sitting on top crab on the, the, the nightwear. Oh, it's so cute. Oh my God. And he's having nightmares every night. Go and burn the nightwear. Don't even give it to the poor. Burn it. Do you understand? Go around your house. There are uh, movies that, and, um, and, um, and cartoons that your children should never watch because TV is a gateway and it is a gateway that opens homes. It is on full blast. The prince of the power of the air speaks through TVs. And so you just allow the full blast into your house. For those of us that are Nigerians that are watching Jagun Jagun, I'm not saying that the movie is not good. Art-wise, as per art, Beautiful. I don't know why they took my, my screen away. As, a, as an art, it is beautiful. Great. But guess what? What is it all about? This altar, this God, they put all the demonic stops in that movie. Every single one of it. And in fact, when I was seeing the movie, I had called my aunties. Ah, there's this been a giant movie. I had to pause like every 10 minutes. Then after we purified, I called everybody, hold hands, let us pray. And purified the house. Because incantations, once they are doing incantations, pause it, mute it. You cannot enter my house. Don't pass that gate and enter here. So you have to be very, very, very sensitive. Don't even watch it at all. Honestly, don't watch it at all. But when you see that certain things have entered, be quick. Don't feel like, oh, you don't want to be like an, uh, you know, the olden. There's nothing like olden days Christianity. Christianity. There's nothing like that. There is nothing like that. There is no such thing as the old ways. It is Christianity or it is not. So some of you don't anoint your homes. You don't anoint the Airbnbs you go to stay in. You don't speak over your children. You laugh about how mothers you put oil. You wake up in the morning and your head is oily. <laughs> oh, our mothers. That's why this generation are running crazy on the streets. Because the mothers laughed at the grandmothers. Go back to it. When your children are asleep, anoint their heads with oil. Anoint their heads with oil. Yesterday, my baby Judah brought his Bible for devotion and he put it on the floor and he matched the Bible. He was saying, my baby, and then he was walking the way I, I said, Judah, take your legs off now. So he was in shock. I said, pick up that Bible quickly. He picked it up. I said, hold it to your chest. You know, he said, okay, mommy. I said, say, God, I am sorry. 
He said, God, I am sorry. I said, you cannot step on the word of God. I said, it is your Bible. I said, what do I always say to you? He said, this is my Bible. I said, uh -huh. I am who he says I am. I said, what else? I can do what he says I can do. I said, what's the last thing I always tell you? It is the power of God to save me. I said, very good. How can you step on your power? How can you step on the power of God to save you? I said, Judah, you cannot do that, okay? You know, so he picked up the Bible quickly and said, I'm sorry, God, I will not step on the word again. I said, very good. Somebody may look at that and say, ah, ah, yeah, it doesn't matter now. He's a baby. It's not like he's really, but you know, I don't care for your um, modern day, you know, enlightened perspective. I don't, I don't care for it. I don't need enlightenment. I am as bush and as crass as they get when it comes to spirituality. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in shouting when a demon tries to oppress you. I believe in worship that is loud and grand. I believe in wailing at the presence of God and rolling on the floor. I believe it all. Go back to those things. It will preserve you. It will cover your home. And the enemy will not be able to penetrate. Please stay alert. And I know that as you go to bed, you will have dreams. You will have visions. God will speak to you about things, about doors that are open. Write your dreams, please. Write your dreams down when the Lord speaks to you. Don't let anyone go. Okay? All right. Um, God bless you. I love you guys. And I will see you in the morning. So for those of you that are West African time, uh, please go to bed and let us wake up bright and early. Invite your family, invite your friends. Uh, and I will see you in the morning. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Good night. Bye. 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 God bless you. Bye. Good night. Bye. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Good